What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Combo's Court. Zach Noble of the Noble and Rue Show, which is a Ball is Life podcast, joins in to talk Gobert to the Wolves, James Harden, and more. A fantastic conversation with Zach. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Cowboys court Zach what is new man what is new just babies man just babies and uh enjoying the off-season break I mean my life is shook dude going how's it good man yeah Uh, you know I I wish we could record every week but that's been a struggle I mean probably recording every other week right now but hey I mean I'm enjoying it Roosh is doing good and um it's just yeah it's tough he had kids into it he had moves to a new time zone and he's out in California now. So uh, we're doing the best we can, but we definitely want to record more and um, guests are still coming in, but um, yeah, it's, it's, that it could be better, but I mean, the numbers are still finding a way to go up and I think it's helping. He's doing this rocket show too. And we're getting a lot of listeners from there and yeah. So it's been yeah. good. How about you? How's things your way? Doing well, you know, working on the podcast, doing a lot more collaborations. Um, I, I'm host of the Believe in Pod, Believe in Magic podcast now, so I'm covering the Orlando oh, Magic for the Believe Network with Max Van Ock, and I do a lot of live shows with Coach Nick. So shouts to Max, shouts to Coach Nick. Things are going well. Um, you know, we had a great James Harden conversation not too long ago on the phone. Yeah. I told you, I wish we recorded it. You know, I, know. I wish we recorded it. I know. We we're kind of talking about if he could get back to. Maybe not the old James Harden, but just to be a really good or great NBA player. And I always felt like he could because I don't think he's that old. I think he just has to focus on his body, focus on his game, just take one really dedicated offseason. We saw him actually partying in the Hamptons lately. So uh, we, well, I think <laughs> half the NBA was out there. So we're not going yeah, so to right. right. just chalk that one up to Harden party session. No, nah, no. Nah, I'm sure he's working on his game. Not only that, he's going to take less money. Right. So that's Dude, another he's, thing he's doing. I mean, he's talked about in the past how that championships are more important to him than money. And he's he's putting his money where his mouth is. We'll see. I think it's going to stand true. But I mean, if the numbers are as reported, pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, I've always said, like, people hate on him a little too much because, I mean, he always says he only wants to win. That's every move he's making right now. And I think he made the right move. Apparently it's paying off leaving KD and Hart. I mean, KD and Kyrie and um, going to Philly, I think is going to work out because as long as they can figure out Tobias Harris, I mean, I think they got to get off him and Thibel yet. Uh, but I don't know, maybe Thibel fits in more uh, with if they pull off an Eric, Eric Gordon deal. Um, Cause then you got a bunch of, creators and scores where Thibel can literally just play defense. But right now the team has constructed, they still need him to knock down some threes and I don't trust him doing that. 
Why do you feel that so many people hate on James Harden? I mean, it, first of all, it stems by his ref baiting, taking advantage of the rules. I mean, but I don't mind that. I mean, that's been going forever. I mean, you go back to Jordan. I mean, Jordan was doing that. I mean, but like Gary Payton, those guys are all incredible at it. But like Harden's the latest example and just took it to a new level. I mean, him and Chris Paul, um, Chris Paul is the same way, but I mean, Harden's just doing it better than anybody at any level, but and it's just a different play style. I mean, he didn't have the talent around him, so he's played the way most conducive to that team winning, you know? Um, I truly believe he had to play with that usage in Houston. Like, think about the tail. I think he's done the, some of the most with the least all time, and I will fight people to that. I mean, KG, LeBron, I mean, in his early Cleveland days, and then there's I, I mean, I have to dig a little harder. I mean, Dirk was is up there with that, those guys and that argument a little bit. But I just – I know how – like, I watch so much of those teams, and I just I just enjoy watching different games, you know. I love watching DeMar DeRozan out of the dirt, get it um, just different in the mid-range, you know. And I like watching every team in every which way. I love watching the Kings struggle. Um, I hated watching the Timberwolves struggle all those years, but – um, people just don't like James Harden because he plays differently than the 2020 way of basketball. And that's, I mean, sharing the ball, being able to shoot a lot of uh, threes and rely on that a lot more. And I mean, yeah, he relied, I mean, he relied on the layups, the free throws and the threes. I mean, that's analytics. That's that's yeah, what it the, was. The only thing you can really knock James Harden, I mean, I think his playoff performances are overblown, but I think he fell too in love with uh, Daryl Morey and MDA system, even though I always say you got to be the bigger man. And if you're that good, if you're that much of a dog, if you're that much of a baller, if you're top, I mean, I got him in the top 25, but to get to that next level, you say, fuck everything else. I'm grabbing that ball and I'm going to go in for a mid range when I need it. You think like, you, you think you think he's top twenty-five of all time? Absolutely, that's a no-brainer. But like, it's arguing anything anything else above that. But like, the reason why he hasn't hasn't gotten above that for three four years is because he never took the mid-range in the playoffs when the three-ball wasn't falling on his step-backs. Like, that's the knock on James Harden is when it's late in the game. It in his Houston days a little bit, he just relied on the step-back three way too much and uh, quit driving. Um, at times and yeah that was i guess was that really was, predictable yeah i mean that was an agreement between him dan tony right and maury and have to be intelligent as a basketball player yeah to, when things aren't working to try something <laughs> they, different that organization was really crazy about not shooting the mid-range like i used to think yeah maybe they like encouraged them not to take it but I heard a story when I was out in summer league, how the G league team, if you took a mid range shot and you missed it, you were automatically subbed out. Yeah. So that's the system they were playing in. And it, it led to the air NBA team as well. And it's crazy how much they discouraged the mid range shot. I didn't think it was to that degree, but it really was. That's how they played. For sure. Um, I'm trying to think which rocket I had on that. Even um, exclamated. I think it was uh I don't know. I've had like, I might have had house on or it was uh, Armani Brooks. I know, but I, I know I had somebody on that hardened team. Uh, but anyways, Oh, Tabo Cephalosha. I mean, they, 
they got pissed if you were in the mid range. And there's, I, we asked every player that for a while, and I, I went away from that question. But like, it's just interesting because Wait, they, yeah. they they tried to dodge the question. No, 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 no. I oh. I went away from it from asking oh, oh, players. At oh, because because you, you talked about it a lot already. Exactly, but yeah. like every coach is either hell no on the mid range or no, take the best shot, take do the best basketball play possible, and. Uh, it was always interesting to get those answers like Nate McMillan. I mean, he was a guy that take the best basketball shot when I had the holiday brothers on and um, uh, just, yeah, I could go through all these different coaches, but um, yeah, it was always an interesting question when I asked players that, because I just think the best coaches, I mean, are the most adaptable and flexible in all environments. It's just like, I'd ask you this. Do you think because of the Warriors winning, how do you think it's going to change the landscape or has it changed the landscape of like the free agency and what teams are doing? Cause they usually adapt to the champion or some teams try to, or overcompensate and whatnot. But I mean, I, I don't think teams are really doing that right now, even though that's just the way the NBA is right now. I mean, it's this, this year's playoffs more than ever was a make or miss playoffs and that's why it was a shitty playoffs in my estimation yeah i mean i don't think teams are changing the way they do things that much and we see it with minnesota your hometown team i mean they went to the twin towers so they're going opposite of what the warriors are doing and in my opinion this just shows how much they believe in anthony edwards you know i've said he's a future mvp and i actually think he's going to be the future mvp after this season i think it'll be luca and then i think anthony edwards is definitely in the mix the year after and i believe the t wolves must believe that as well by leveraging that much of their future to go in total win now mode and pick up gobert i hope it's more about that they think ant's going to be ready sooner than later but yeah the timeline's so far off, you can't make it about that, in my opinion. I mean, unless you think Towns is going to continue to get better, which I expect him to get a little better. And, of right. course, Rudy Gobert makes everybody's defense a little better. I don't see Towns offensively getting that much better because Gobert's not going to take any pressure off him there. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, I've always said, I mean, this is Ant's team. I mean, this team will only go as far as Ant's ceiling. And yeah. The, the timeline, I mean, sure. I mean, Michael Jordan, you wanted better players around him early on. He could have had more success if he didn't have to go through the dirt. LeBron James, same thing. Kevin Garnett, all those guys, I mean, the best of the best. I mean, you speed up the process if you bring in the best players possible and perfect fits around them and take pressure off them where the, is it really their strengths. And Rudy Gobert is going to help everybody with that on defense. Uh, but regular season wise, you just got really blurry on me. Holy cow. Oh, okay. No, it's all good. <laughs> I'm feeling drunk. Uh, but, um, yeah, I just think it's a regular season move. I don't think he's mm. a guy that's raising our ceiling. Um, to me more than anything, like I hated the value. Okay. The value sucks. Well, um, if you, if you think, if you think it's not raising their ceiling and they gave up four or five draft picks, <laughs> that sounds like you're really down on the move. I I know I am. I gave yeah. it a B plus. Like and but I'm a guy though that, that oh, values plus. It's, at least it's better than a D. Exactly. <laughs> and ESPN or Bleacher Report, somebody had made it really uh trendy with their D they gave it, but like 
the only people that are high on the move are Minnesotans and we're just happy we're going for it, you know, and like we're making a move. And at the end of the day, though, it's like the ownership timelines. It's the owners making a move, putting their stamp on the team. I think there's no other way around it other than this. Um, I just hope they tried everything they could for DeJounte Murray because I would have much rather had him at this price take. He went for less than this. Like, I think DeJounte Murray raises our ceiling way more than Gobert does. And uh, people will disagree with me on that one. I mean, there's plenty of people. I mean, I think it was Zach Lowe or um, even Simmons and Russell were just beating this trade like a drum, like the worst trade in the last 30 years. Right. Said, Krasinski, Krasinski liked it, it seemed like. Uh, I mean, it's it, he told the fine line. So he was. He was definitely catering to Zach because, I mean, it's Zach's show, and he understood, I mean, Zach's opinion holds weight. and uh, yeah. But, like, he was also trying to make it known why Minnesota did it. I mean, what do we have to lose? You know, like, look at uh, the, past. The, the whole future. That's how I look at it, <laughs> yes. But, like, when you think about it in the big picture of things, I mean – you got you, you got three legit all-stars now. I mean, Anthony Edwards hasn't been an all-star yet, but you have three all-stars now, and you didn't have that before. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, trying to give, I'm trying to give you both sides. I'm trying he's, to give 30, you, he's 30 years old. And, yeah, he is. Uh, 30, that, that's the centers. issue. That's the issue. He's not on the timeline with Ann Edwards, even though, like, I believe he's going to be really good really quick. But that means you have to win a title within, like, the next two or three years, you know? And, and did you kind of, like, rush the process with this trade? That's the other question. Like, like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, I value this too much off value. I mean, I think the fit's going to be great. I think it's going to help. But, like, this is my crazy take. Like, Pat Beverly, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, if you just look at those players alone, Pat, just even look at Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt. Like, I personally truly believe deep down that those guys can almost provide as much value to the Minnesota Timberwolves as Rudy does. I truly believe that. Call me crazy. And this is in the postseason only. The postseason. Rudy Gobert, where he comes in and makes a huge impact, is if Towns or Anthony Edwards goes down for an extended period of time and he helps keep the team afloat because he's the number one defense basically within himself yet. I mean, he's still at that peak level. Anybody who says he's declining like rapidly, no. That's just overblown, trying to make this trade look bad throwing out hot he he had career highs in a lot of statistical categories last year pat beverly was the heart and soul exactly that he changed team. the culture he, he, he totally changed the culture everybody played differently once pat bev arrived there and the interesting thing was pat bev is probably the player the jazz needed like two years ago right when they were in contention because their point of attack defense was really bad and they just like let everything to go bare so um, actually I keep, People, I, I, they're talking about like how the Utah jazz should be in like retool and rebuild mode. I would keep Pat Beverly. Cause I think he's a guy that could really mentor the young players as he did with Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that I still want. I, I know deep down, he still wants to win. I mean, anytime you made a media yeah. media presence, this uh, off season on ESPN and he was, they were bringing up teams. He's like, Oh, that would be fun. I could do that. And you just know he wants to be on a contender. He wants to play meaningful basketball, but the guy's going to do whatever the team needs from him because he knows that's how he's going to remain in this league. But 
if you look at the Timberwolves when they had success on defense this year, it comes back to Patrick Beverly. I mean, it's crazy what that guy did. He made D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards in his second year look like positive defenders. That's a really hard thing to do, um, especially D'Angelo Russell. I mean, (laughs) we were a top eight, top 10 defense for a lot of the year. I mean, literally, and that's Pat Beverly was the anchor, but he had a Marcus Smart type impact for us. Do you think they're going to have a regression because the heart and soul that Pat Bev was is now missing? I mean, I think Rudy's going to help with that. I mean, I, I think. <laughs> right, just from, I, his, I'm hoping the, just, just yeah. from his defensive talents. Yeah, right. But I think Rudy also has a lot of spirit, and I know he might not be the most verbal guy, but I just think he's, I think he's a dog at heart. He, I mean, he just is a, is a dog that might get a little beat up and, and ruffled up in the playoffs, but like all year when people are given it 80%, I mean, he can, he can make his mark. <laughs> yeah. So do you believe they are now legit title contenders? Hell no, man. I, mean, <laughs> let's, I hate people that say this is a title or bust move. If you tell me we make the playoffs the next four years and make at least one conference finals, that's a huge win. But like, you know, I'm it's crazy. Serious. I was, I was, I was thinking about that lately. Like, I wanted to tweet, 29 teams will not win a championship next year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People say this is the best perimeter defense Rudy has had in his NBA career, too. So this matters. Uh, But the problem is we got rid of our best perimeter defender. I mean, Jaden McDaniels, I'm not believing he can guard any ones yet. Maybe some twos, but like. We, we need him to be able to guard twos at this rate. Um, yeah. Anthony Edwards isn't some stopper, and he he's got, has to figure out that balance between defense and offense yet. And, uh, yeah, we still need another great perimeter defender. Yeah. Like, I you know, I mean, but for the fans, like, I kind of understand why they feel a championship or bust because, you know, as me being like having a competitive attitude, as I just said, like, I feel like 29 teams, uh, like I said, are not going to win championship, but also you want your team to win that championship. And then when you don't, you get upset. Like we see it with the Knicks, like it's like championship or bust every year. And they're not even close to contention, which is the crazy part, you know? Do you make that move? Well, for Brunson? No, the Timberwolves. Yeah. I mean, why why do you make it? I'm not like, I do not, I would not like to give up that much of my future, obviously, but look, man, like just cause you had a great season this year, it doesn't guarantee you're going to have a great season the next. Right. And I feel like when you have a chance to get better, you go after it. Even if you do have to leverage some of your future. Like, I think that's why the warriors have been so good. Obviously they did a great job of not leveraging their future this year, but look, even when they were 73 and 10, uh, they, they 73 and nine, they found a way to, to get better in a big way with Kevin Durant. And I think that's the model that every team should get. Like the Celtics should look to get better, even though they want, they made it all the way to the championship team. And you I think, and, and I think they have three all-stars now instead of two. Right. Or, you know, I, I consider at the Edwards an all-star, whatever they have. No, three I, all- too. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he could have made it this year. If DeJounte Murray made it over him. Yeah. And adding Rudy Gobert, he's a three-time defensive player of the year. So yeah, you leverage some of your future. But now at least you have a chance at a championship and you're going to be a good team for the next three or four years. So, yeah, I do like it. I don't love it because of how much of their future they leverage, but I would have done it. 
That that sec that second year after your first year of success in a long time, especially with a new group, is always the hardest to repeat to stay in that mindset and that grind. And um, yeah, this guy raised our floor like no other. Like I said, it's it's the offense in the playoffs. And if you're paying somebody forty seven million dollars, they should be able to do something on offense. Where Rudy is not going to do anything on offense. Yeah. I mean, and I. Do I think I could, we could have got similar value by spreading it out or going with the Miles Turner or Jakob Pertl? I would have loved – that's the route I wanted to go. Mm. But, like, this is the route we chose. I mean, I'm not, like, terribly mad, but at the same time, like, people that say, oh, your future's screwed, and that's I, – I think that, and that's why I gave the value. But at the same time, if things don't work out, I just hope Rudy doesn't – my only thing is I hope Rudy doesn't decline too quickly because if things aren't working out – Obviously, we're not going to lose Anthony Edwards, but we just trade Cat and we do get all those pat picks and more that we just gave up. So then we're right back to score one and we're good. The What's way it? those league is working, everybody's just trading picks left and right. Yeah. Because um, team, more teams are going for it. So are you more concerned on offense or defense when it comes to the Twin Tower lineup? Oh, off, I mean, I'm not concerned either way, to be honest. I mean, he's going to help. Okay. in the pick and roll he's going to make anthony edwards life in the pick and roll they didn't have a lob threat last year really um towns yeah. isn't a lob threat uh there should be even some pick and rolls with cat um it's just the thing is that a lot of people aren't talking about is cat it didn't play play like a stretch for the last year and a half like cat played like a center when the wolves were dominating cat was scoring all of his points in the paint and Cat's playing like more of a dog down low and Dominic down there. He doesn't take the amount of threes he did two years ago, but like he can get back to that. He's still super efficient. He knows that game and he still does enough of it, but um, that's going to be the interesting part is his usage has to go way down. And um, because anybody that thinks like the Timberwolves fit last year, just wasn't paying attention or doesn't know the pieces of the players. Like the only reason why the Timberwolves had success last year is because the talent exceeded the fit. We're thriving off talent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no structure to the offense yet. So, we still have to figure that part out. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting because it's going to be a big adjustment for a lot of the guys. And are you concerned at all about the spacing with Rudy? Because Anthony Edwards seems to thrive in space. But I feel like he's just such a talented player that he's going to figure it out no matter who he's with uh, Anthony or Rudy. That's gonna Anthony because Anthony, right. Anthony's yeah. going to, I mean, Anthony's going to have to do some things a little bit differently with Rudy playing the five and towns playing the four. So that's the good thing about Rudy is, I mean, yeah, I'm worried about the space between cat and Rudy a little bit, like I just said, but like, yeah. um, I think Rudy with the screens and the pick and roll game, I think it's going to make ants game open up a little bit more, even okay. um, D lo as well. But like, and still has to figure out the combination with Towns and D'Lo. I mean, there's yeah. it's still a your turn, my turn type of game. And it's it's still sloppy and messy at times. And Ant still he still is just such a nice guy and doesn't want to like take over the team. But like when he's rolling, he's rolling and he's gonna he's gonna go with it. But like he didn't go after it like he could have. So you gave it a D plus, but you would have made the move for Rudy, right? Uh, no, I wouldn't have made that. Move <laughs> wow. I, I wanted Rudy Gobert, but like two. Oh, 
Oh, okay. You would have made the move, but with less draft capital. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just glad we didn't give up Jaden, didn't give up D'Lo. I'm glad we hung on to those guys. But, like, yeah. if if we would have kept Beverly or um, – Oh, yeah. Vando, yeah. if we kept one of those guys. Well, imagine might... imagine that with Beverly and Gobert. Like, your defensive yeah. rating has to go up. Like It, was, it wasn't four first-round picks. It was legitimately seven first-round picks we just gave right. up. Right. And that's right. why this Durant thing is going to take forever, too, which is going to suck because – Rudy screwed everything up here. Or Danny aged it. I mean, Rudy changed the market when it came to draft picks and Kevin Durant. And we actually, because of that, we might actually see KD stay with the Nets. <laughs> he might be forced to. <laughs> looking back on it, though, I mean, a lot of players have demanded trades in the past. And I mean, they've had to stick it out for a little bit or even a lot of it. I mean, somebody, I mean, referenced Kobe recently and. KG, I mean, was another one um, that asked to be traded. And Duncan was in trade rumors early in his career. But, like, I don't – I just think KD and Kyrie aren't the same mentality as those guys I'm just naming. Like, they can't recover was, from this. I was – yeah, I was talking about this today. It's crazy. Now, I'm all for player mobility. But it's crazy how much Harden, KD, Kyrie, and Westbrook have moved around. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous man it's, <laughs> like it's, it's it's so annoying but at the same time it gets fun every off season <laughs> right uh, right right it gives you a lot to talk about when there's no games going on right <laughs> right before we go into that though i want to ask do you, would, would you prefer any of those other guys i mentioned to rudy for the timberwolves i really like dejounte murray for the timberwolves but i actually also really like him for the hawks so oh, I kind of I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, because I've talked about this before. Like I think the Hawks have realized what I've been talking about for a while, not to make it all about me, but no, if they're gonna revolve offense around one player, it could only go so far. Right. And they realized they just needed another guy to handle the ball, initiate offense, let Trey weave in and out of playing off the ball and on the ball. And on top of that, the defense provided next to Trey is so imperative, so important. And he provides that. So I thought it was an amazing trade for the Hawks, and I'm glad to see him there with Trey, and I think it's going to help them for their long term. I agree with everything you said, but it, are you nervous about anything? Because the one thing I'm nervous about there is it's taken away from DeJounte's ceiling on offense. I think it's going to mm. elevate Trey. I think Trey's going to adapt just fine, and DeJounte is going to be a much better playmaker. But um, I just think the way he scores, I mean, the way uh, – he was growing as a scorer. Uh, I just think because he's not he's he's got to have usage in order to be a scorer. I right. I mean, like when you're a good young player, it comes to a point. Are you going to sacrifice to be a part of a really good basketball team? Now, is Hawks are the Hawks the right team to sacrifice for? We will see because they had their ups and downs. But right. I do think it's a great fit next to Trey. But he will have to sacrifice his offense slightly when you're playing with a player like Trey and you're going to have to pick up a lot on defense with playing with a player like Trey, like, like Trey is an offense on his own, but I don't think that's conducive to winning an NBA championship. And he's on defense. He's non-existent in help side. So right, like he really is bad on defense. So that's going to help him a lot. Yeah. DeJounte's probably going to sacrifice even more than Trey is going to going to, but I love the fit and I love it for the Hawks. Yeah, I think it's closer to um, Chris Paul Harden than it is like Chris Paul Westbrook. Because um, like Chris Paul was help, helped Harden on defense quite a bit. 
Um, even though yeah. it didn't take away from Chris Paul's a score, it made him more efficient because people were way more worried about Harden. Well, Chris Paul was so great for Harden because he's like a very great shooter. Like, what are your right. thoughts on DeJounte shooting? I still believe in it, but again, yeah. like I think he's gonna be nervous about taking the time to create and find his shot. And that's what, where he's growing uh, as a creator and a shooter where I don't think he's a very good spot up shooter. And I don't necessarily believe in his catch and shoot game right now. Um, so that that's, like I said, that's the part I'm nervous about is his growing as a scorer and a shooter. Yeah. He's going to score at the rim and he's probably going to be able to do it easier now. Um, I think Clint Capella will be great for him too. Yeah. If they, if he sticks around, uh, I hope John, he does. Like, I mean, like Trey and Clint is a seamless fit, even though it's oh, it's seen, so great. Yeah, even though we've seen it forever, it doesn't mean you should take it for granted. You know, that team is so far from being a finished product because I, I truly think John Collins is like a hundred percent gone, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean they're not because, and this is the thing with Minnesota. Like, this is why I felt like they had to make moves um, to get better because you see teams like the Hawks and the Knicks take this so-called leap. And then the next year they're right back to it. Cause the league is so competitive. So you have to find ways to get better. And I right. think the Hawks did it. And I think Minnesota did it as well. No, I'm with you. Yeah. You got, I mean, the league's just getting better and better with talent and uh, yeah, right. if the best, right. the best team in the league, golden state is making moves to get better. But the difference with golden state is they've been drafting pretty awesome overall. I mean, oh, and yeah. which, Oh, yeah. Like, I truly think Kaminga and Moody should have got minutes in the playoffs. And if they got more minutes all year than they did, I think they could have been even more impactful in the playoffs, which they weren't impactful at all. But I think they could have made a mark and um, probably done like swept a team or two or done a lot better as an overall team. We don't even have to talk about Durant because it might blow up the whole podcast if he gets traded like tonight or tomorrow. Yeah, but I will ask you this. <laughs> I will ask you this, though. Um, any other free agency moves that have really that has really interested you? Uh, I really liked what Denver did. Uh, Bruce Brown and uh, who yeah. else they get? Um, somebody pretty dang good that fits pretty well. Come on, Denver. Uh, but I like Joe Ingles going to the Bucks. I think yeah. he deserves, I think he deserves a run at a title. I just love his fit there, and I think he's an upgrade from PJ Tucker when they had him and Se- uh, secondary ball handling. And you need shooters next to Giannis, and he's good on yep. defense if he could get back healthy. Like he's a perfect fit for them. Yeah, you got it. Um, let's see, who else am I missing at the top of my head? Lou Dort was kind of a a surprise for many, but like, uh, I thought he's worth it. I mean, they had to pay somebody, uh, my boy Muscala should have got paid a little bit more, but, uh, Dort took it all. So that's all right. Uh, but I think Dort still got room to grow and I tell everybody, I mean, I, I think he's like a Marcus smart with a way better offensive upside. I like Dort. And I always say like, I believe he will become a better shooter just from the standpoint of how hard he plays basketball. If he's playing basketball that hard on the court, I believe he will work on the shooting off the court. And it has got better over the years. And if he can get that down, man, he's definitely worth that contract. Yeah, absolutely. But, like, they're fit. I mean, I think he can play one through three. And, I mean, I mean, he's he's thick. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he can guard some skinny fours and whatnot. But, I mean, he's short. So, but look at P.J. Tucker. I mean, that's a similar body type. Um, Doris is way more athletic, um, obviously. And 
Um, yeah. They, their games are way different. But um, if you look at their dimensions, their their bodies dimensions, take, they're actually kind of close. Taking it full circle back to the Sixers. I mean, P.J. Tucker, a great fit for – the Sixers, and also it gives them security for three years as an older player. So I think it's really good for both sides. And you got you got Daniel House, you got P.J. Tucker, you got Houston 2.0 with Embiid. Come on, this is going to be epic, man. <laughs> I want them to get Eric Gordon, maybe Pat Bev too. I, I think I think Ooh. they got a chance to get both those guys, and I, I really think they got to get rid of Thibault and uh, Tobias. I, I'd like to see him gone as well, uh, but – it's going to be such a tough contract to move because that's arguably the worst contract in the league. Um, but he, he actually does fit them pretty good just from a basketball No, he's a good player. He's yeah, a good yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. I, I think his value is very close to Rudy. I really do. Uh, okay, okay. But Ru- Rudy, Rudy's worth more. Rudy's worth more, and he's, he's way uh, more valuable for the Jazz. But um, if Tobias was on a team that – needed more of him i mean i think he can be similar yeah uh, yeah i mean so it's a tough that's yeah a, that's a hot take but. and look and look we've talked about this before i think james hardy could definitely get back to closer to where he was maybe not 100 percent, but i believe if he has a great offseason he stays focused he could get back to 90 95 percent of what he was i truly believe it i think they got a roster that's a better fit around him and mb now and I think sky's the limit for that team. So we'll see how it goes. Zach, thank you so much for taking the time. We talked hearted. We talked Minnesota, everything you're passionate about right here on combos court. Where can we find you on, uh, <laughs> where can we find you on social media and where can we find your podcast? Twitter is always still haven't jumped over to Instagram in a minute, but uh, oh, okay. Zach Noble ball is life. Noble and Roosh show Noble <laughs> and Roosh ball is life. Check us out. Um, Draft prospects, uh, talking summer league these days. Uh, Roosh will be out there hopefully interviewing some guys. Uh, but, yeah, we'll have some good interviews for you guys coming up. It's always great having Roosh on the show. It's always great having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back and talk soon. Always fun, man. Take care. Yes, sir. There it is, another episode of Combo's Court. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Big thanks to Zach for joining in. We appreciate you. And be on the lookout for the next episode of Combo's Court. Combo, out.